Hello, this is Pastor Pete Beck III with LifeNet in Burlington, North Carolina. Welcome to today's podcast, which is part of the Discipleship Foundations series. This one is Lesson 24. It's entitled, Christ's Finished Work, Redemption from Powerlessness and Fear. Let's begin by reading 2 Timothy 1.7. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. That's the New King James Version. Fear and a sense of powerlessness are two lie-based strongholds that plague many people. The fear-power-salvation paradigm is one with which many people can identify, especially Muslims. People who live in cultures which practice animism and other forms of spirit worship need to know that followers of Jesus receive authority from Christ and power from the Holy Spirit to overcome the fear associated with being powerless against evil spirits. Witch doctors and other shamans try to hold people in bondage through the fear of spiritual reprisal should anyone break from the established or traditional order of things to follow Jesus. Jesus sets us free. Those who experienced sexual and other forms of abuse during early childhood may still be haunted by a nagging sense of powerlessness when around their former tormentors or if they are put into a situation that reminds them of the abuse. Even though they now may be quite capable of defending themselves, they may feel quite inadequate still because of the embedded lie that they cannot. Jesus can liberate us from this type of bondage. Before Jesus defeated Satan's power through his death and resurrection, we all lived under this evil tyranny. Satan gained authority over humans by duping Adam into sinning and transferring his God-given authority to Satan. Although God is the sovereign over all creation, Satan gained a temporary and limited authority to wreak havoc upon mankind until the coming of the Messiah. His kingdom of darkness casts its dreary shadow over the entire world. Only Israel, God's chosen nation, offered any glimmer of hope as they clung to God's promise of a coming Messiah who would defeat this oppressor. And I quote Genesis 3.15, I will put enmity between you and the woman, speaking to the serpent, and between your offspring and hers. He will crush your head, and you will strike his heel. That's from the NIV. And, by the way, this is the first messianic promise recorded in the Bible. When Jesus walked this earth in public ministry, he used his innate authority over the enemy as God's only begotten son to liberate oppressed people. Jesus lived in obedience to his father and did what he 
what his father told him to do. He never swerved from obedience and never relinquished his status as God's son, unlike Adam. Acts 10.38 records, And no doubt you know that God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. Then Jesus went around doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. New Living Translation. The power that enforced the authority of Jesus' words came directly from the Holy Spirit. God's plan was to equip Jesus' disciples with the same authority and spirit of God so that they might be proper ambassadors for God's kingdom too. Luke 10, 17-19 reads, The seventy disciples returned with joy, saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. And he, Jesus, said to them, I was watching Satan fall from heaven like lightning. Behold, I have given you authority to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing will injure you. New American Standard Bible. This power and authority was shared with his disciples who ministered in his name while Jesus remained physically here on earth. The real victory was won, however, when Jesus died on the cross and subsequently rose again. At Calvary, Satan was stripped of his authority that he had usurped from Adam. All authority in heaven and earth was vested in the Son of God, who became the second Adam, the progenitor of a new creation via his resurrection. And I'll read a couple of scripture verses. The first from Colossians 2.15. And having disarmed the powers and authorities, the evil ones, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them by the cross. That's the NIV. Second verse is Matthew 28.18. And Jesus came up and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. That's the New American Standard Bible. When a person is born again into the family of God, he or she receives a permanent transfer from the realm of Satan into Christ's benevolent kingdom. Colossians 1, 13 and 14 describes this. For he rescued us from the domain of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his beloved Son, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. New American Standard Bible. To be delivered from fear and powerlessness, the first thing a person must know, believe, and confess is that Jesus has released us from the kingdom and the power of Satan. The devil has no right or authority to rule our lives any longer. 
Satan, however, is a liar and an accomplished bluffer. He will do everything he can to convince us that we are not free at all. And that is why we must stand on God's truth, regardless of how we feel about it or what we may experience. Jesus is Lord over Satan and all demonic forces, and we are under his protection. In addition, all believers receive the indwelling Holy Spirit, who is the power, uh, the spirit of power, love, and a sound mind, 2 Timothy 1.7. Jesus also wants every follower of his to receive what is called the baptism in the Holy Spirit. This is another experience with God's Spirit by which we become immersed, so to speak, in the Spirit of God. It can be compared to standing under a waterfall, which would effectively submerge us under the outpouring. God wants us to operate in the same anointing that Jesus had when he walked on this earth. We, too, are to become liberators of those who are oppressed by Satan. This is a great privilege and an opportunity to reverse things against our former tormentor by devastating his kingdom of darkness through the preaching of the gospel, using the authority of Christ, and operating in the gifts of the Spirit. Acts 1.8 says, But when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, you will receive power and tell people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. New Living Translation. When we are filled with God's Spirit, we have the authority of Christ, which overcomes the power of the enemy and the power of the Holy Spirit within us to enforce Christ's authority. We thus become dynamic liberators in Christ's name. This power, however, resides in imperfect vessels. God, in his wisdom, chooses to let his power be perfected in our weakness. Paul wrote about this in 2 Corinthians 12, 9, where it says, And he, God, has said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for power is perfected in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, I will rather boast about my weaknesses, so that the power of Christ may dwell in me. New American Standard Bible. Christians live in the tension of power combined with weakness, so that we might learn to always rely on Christ and never on ourselves. This is very perplexing to some who find it to be difficult to accept by faith that they have authority and power in Christ despite their human weakness. Instead of focusing on Christ's power and authority, they only see their own weakness. This is made worse in some cases by past experiences of powerlessness, when God seemed to be nowhere around for these people, believing that God has delivered them from powerlessness seems like just so many empty words. What can help these people experience Christ's victory?
I believe the key is for us to trust in the loving sovereignty of God. Romans 8.28 tells us that God is working all things together for good in our lives. This means that even the things that seem to be bad are being turned around to work good for us. When Jesus was crucified, it seemed as if the kingdom of darkness had won the day. Nevertheless, God sovereignly ruled over everything, even at the cross, so that Christ's apparent defeat and death resulted in a resounding triumph via the resurrection. To experience Christ's victory, we must make the decision to view life through the lens of Romans 8.28, which reads, And we know that God causes all things to work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to His purpose. New American Standard Bible. If we choose to trust and even praise God during our most difficult and confusing times, we become overcomers. Praising and acknowledging God during difficulties and perplexities takes faith and elevates us above our current situation so that we can see things more clearly from God's perspective. If we experience something awful in our past, or even now in our present, it is vital that we take that part of our personal history and acknowledge that God is sovereign over it and is in the process of making it work out for our good and His glory. As Joseph did so long ago, we can proclaim with assurance that although what was done to us may have been meant for evil, God will make it result in our salvation. And I quote Genesis 50:20, where Joseph said to his brothers, You intended to harm me, but God intended it all for good. He brought me to this position so I could save the lives of many people. New Living Translation. When we gain the confidence that God is our keeper and nothing can slip by him, we have a secret to overcoming fear and any sense of hopelessness or powerlessness. God bless you.